is Rebecca from the Arab Generation. Um, you're listening to Mascapades Podcast. You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Happy Monday, Mascapades listeners. We hope you had a magical weekend. This is Vicki, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. This is episode 356, and as we mentioned last week, we have dug deep into the Mousecapades vault for an oldie but a goodie. That's an episode that Nick did, did with Dave right after the show started in 2015 entitled, Take This Job and Shove It. They interview a cast member that worked for Disney for a very short time. So we hope you'll enjoy the show. But before we get started, we would like to encourage you to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney. It's that time again, my friends. Time to book your ADRs and schedule your fast passes. We're going to take you on a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. It all started with one man's dream, and boy, was that a big dream. From that dream, millions of memories and in just as many smiles remind us why we love it so much. So pack your bags and don't forget your magic bands and your Mickey ears, because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. You're listening to Mousecapades Podcast. Happening now, Dave, at Trader Sam's Grog Grotto at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. You know, new details have been revealed. There's finally light at the end of the tunnel, listeners, in regards to the changes and additions and renovations at Disney Polynesian Resort Village. This process has been underway for well over a year, my friends, and this includes everything from a name change rooms converted into the DVC studios, new DVC bungalows, and a complete transformation of lobby, essentially a new pool and kids' water splash area, as well as an extensive landscaping and general resort-wide maintenance. What do you think about that, Dave? I can't wait to see that, Nick, because I was there in October, and the place was a shambles. The pool was gone. There was construction walls up everywhere. The atrium inside uh, was completely blocked. So I'm excited to see how this one turned out. I can't wait. You know, apparently the the Grog Grotto is basically just tiki-themed all around, and I absolutely love the tiki room and the whole tiki-esque feel. And I agree with you. When I was there, 
things were just in shambles all over the place. This lounge is actually going to serve both food and drinks with an emphasis on specialty cocktails and small bites and things like that. I really can't wait. They've got a pretty strong following there. I know there's some people that just go just for uh, Trader Sam's, which is now called Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. The most difficult name in the, in the Magic Kingdom to pronounce, I guess. It doesn't roll off the tongue, does it, Dave? Not at all. The official opening, though, Dave, it has not been announced yet. However, Disney cast members were recently given a preview tour, which I think is pretty cool. I wish I was a cast member to get that tour. Disney is also offering their discounts up to 30% for the cool summer savings as well, and I know we've all heard about that. Yeah, I know you and I are both going this summer, and I looked it up online to see how much I would be saving if I stayed on property this time. But other news right now in Disney, this is pretty big news, Dave, and I'm sure you've heard about this already as well. Epcot's Innoventions West is closing. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah, it's closing, buddy. Uh, Apparently there's something bigger on the way. Disney has confirmed after a few days of speculation that all existing exhibits will be closing. The expected closing date is April 30th, but of this year. Wow. So, yeah, it's not unusual for individual exhibits to actually close, Dave. The last time that the entire pavilion, though, was shut down was back in 1994. And here's the official explanation from Disney. We've reached the end of our sponsorship agreements with the exhibitors and interventions West and will temporarily close the space in early May to begin preparing for a new experience. And that's all they said. So this is a refurbishment then. They said temporary closing down. It's not like they're completely taking apart and re reconstructing something. So now, you know, the question now becomes what exactly is new experience? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty busy people over there because I know they're doing a lot right now with the potential name change to Disney Studios, and they've got Avatar Land going on, so they have their plate pretty full right now. People really don't know what's going on. Who knows? Stay tuned. Also, Dave, Walt Disney World Resort guests will soon be using their Magic Bands as a parking permit, which is pretty cool. Since the inception of the Magic Bands, Dave, there's been a steady murmur of more and more uses yet to come with the Magic Bands. One of those potentially uh, uses is now becoming an actual reality. You know, people have been saying, can we use it for this? Can we use it for that? Can we use it for the parking permits? And, you know, as Magic Bands are being phased into replacement for the paper parking passes with this uh, inception of the direct check-in at Walt Disney World Resort now in place, and I'm sure you've heard about that, right, with the direct check-in? Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You don't even have to go to the to the front desk. You just You just check in. Uh, on your own through the Magic app, correct? Yeah, it's all hooked up to the My Disney Experience. Right, right, which I think is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, now they're going to be using the Magic Bands for parking permits, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool, but uh, I'm kind of on Magic Band overload. I'm waiting on the day where they announce that you're going to use your Magic Band to open the bathroom stall in the, in the bathrooms. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> We've got the results here for round one of the March Magic Brackets. Nick, you ready for this? Yeah, hit me up, buddy. Well, you should be hearing the sound of my wadded-up bracket going into the trash can because <laughs> both of my finalist teams went out in the first round. It's oh, a joke. Oh, no. Oh, no. Tell me. I thought everybody was like me. Everybody should think like I do, but I, apparently that's not the case. So here are the results of the first round of the tournament. On the Disneyland side, we have the Pirates of the Caribbean Cannonballs over the World of Color Spectrums. That was a dagger to my bracket. They had them all the way in the final. Are you serious? Yep. They went with the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Public has spoken. Uh, we had the Tiki Room Harmony over Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Good. We had the Tower of Terror Bellhops over the Peter Pan's Galleon. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we had, this is your favorite, we had the Indiana Jones Temples over the Mad Tea Party Teacups. Of course. 
Yeah, that was one on everybody's bracket in my family as well. And we had the Radiator Racer Velocity over the Jungle Cruise Headhunters. That's a controversial matchup uh, there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Splash Mountain, one out over Fantasmic. Okay. We had California Screamin' over the Matterhorn Bobsled Snowmen. And to round out the Disneyland side, we had Space Mountain Blast over It's a Small World Sailors. All right, so what's coming up next, bud? All right, on the Magic Kingdom side, we have our results. We have the Haunted Mansion Ghouls over the Dinosaurs okay. of Animal Kingdom. We have the Expedition Everest over Star Troopers. We have the Magic Kingdom Shooting Stars over the Rumble. We have the Main Street Electrical Parade beating out on Journey to the Imagination. Uh, Rock and Roller Coaster knocked off Test Track. We have Big Thunder Mountain in a huge, huge upset, in my opinion, over the Sky Gliders of Soarin', my bracket champion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, In a no-brainer, we had the Seven Dwarves Mine Train over Dumbo. And to round out the field, we had Toy Story Mania knocking off Mickey's Philhar Magic. Yeah, so what do I know? I'm going to be crumbling mine up right along with you and throwing in the tin can. Two of the three brackets in my family are, are wasted. The other one is doing pretty well. My wife had three, I think, three mistakes in the whole bracket. So she oh, wow. is on a, she's on a roll. She's she's wanting to know what the prize is already. Take her and to I the said, boat, Dave. I said, well, we never turned any of these in, so I'm thinking it's nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Round two is out there, so get your votes in on both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom Facebook pages and Twitter feeds. Nick, there's something I really want to do on our weekly show here. What's that, Dave? I want to dip into the history of Disney and bring you This Week in Disney History. (laughs) Spoken like a true teacher. So I did a little research uh, on what happened on this week in the history of the Disney company. So uh, starting with March 29th, in the history of Disney on March 29th in 1943... Nigel Channing, he's the professor in Journey to Imagination. Uh, He was born in 1943 on March 29th, so happy birthday to Dr. Nigel Channing. Happy birthday! Thank you. So also on the 29th, this is a little more recent, you'll know this one, in 1993, uh, the the song A Whole New World won Best Song at the Academy Awards, written by Alan Menken and Tim Rice. That is a great song, by the way. I can remember... As a kid, when I say kid, I mean, geez, I don't even know, what was I, in fifth or sixth grade or something, playing that cassette tape over and over and over and over. Absolutely yeah, that, loved it. Yeah, and everybody at high school sang it at the at the uh, talent show in my, in my day, so. And on March 30th, this is one of my favorite people, on March 30th, Imagineer Mark Davis, one of the nine old men. Right. Born, in ni- born in 1913 in Bakersfield, California, so March 30th is Mark Davis's birthday. All right, so he was the uh, mind behind Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Tinkerbell, and Cruella de Vil. Yeah, definitely. So that so that's him as a movie man, and then he was the he was behind a ton of the rides at both Disneyland and Disney World, including one of my favorites, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, he was the mastermind behind that ride, and that is one of my favorite rides. March 30th, celebrate his birthday, Mark Davis. He's the man. All right, and then this other one, March 31st. Anybody that's a true Disney person knows this person. 
March 31st in 1969, <laughs> birthday of Samantha Brown. Samantha Brown, around my parts, is the woman that always had a commercial on where she said exclusive and she was selling windows. Uh, she turned in, she had some shows on, uh, I think like HGTV or something my wife would watch. And, uh, she, she later, after all of that success, went on to become kind of an ambassador for travel with Disney. And she had, she did several Disney travel shows. Uh, so Samantha Brown, look her up. She's, uh, she's one of my favorites. And, and one of these days I will meet Samantha Brown. You, you know, you forgot one person's birthday. March 31st? March 24th. You know, <laughs> my I, birthday. I started how this, could you? I, how could you forget, dude? My birthday. I started this. I started this segment one week too late. Then. Yeah, buddy. We'll have to go back to the editing floor. Definitely. All right. So continuing on, we are now in April. April. Th- April first. We'll go a little faster. April first, nineteen thirty-eight was the release of Silly Symphony. Silly Symphonies. Absolutely love those. They're the best. My kids in my classroom watch them all the time. They're just yeah, glued. They're glued to them. They, Classic. They, they can't uh, look at anything else. It's very entertaining, and they're just mesmerized. April 2nd, 1940, the Walt Disney Production Company released stock for the first time ever. Want to take a guess at how much stock was? Uh, I don't know. How much was it? Well, there were two types, $25 for preferred stock, or you could just get common stock for $5. Now, what the difference is in those two, I have no idea, but... Twenty-five bucks could have got you stock in Disney. I'll take the preferred common. Twenty-five. Twenty-five bucks, you can't 25. go wrong. Twenty-five. <laughs> Do I hear thirty? <laughs> um, April third, two thousand six. Disneyland celebrated its fiftieth anniversary with a hot air balloon that looked like Mickey. It was a hundred feet tall, and they called it the happiest balloon on earth. It flew over uh, the hot air balloon festival in New Mexico. Yep, yep. And finally. Uh, on April 4th, 1994, Michael Eisner steps in as temporary COO of Disney after Frank Wells uh, had a helicopter accident Yep. just days before. So Michael Eisner steps up, and uh, a lot of people think revived the Disney company. I think he totally did. A lot of good stuff came out during his era. So that wraps up this week in Disney history. Hopefully a new weekly segment. Thanks, Dave. Up next, we're going to be talking with a former cast member. His name is Chris. He worked in the Magic Kingdom for only 30 days. I can't believe that, Nick. How do you leave the Magic Kingdom after only 30 days of magic? Now, we we interviewed a a cast member on last show, a couple shows ago, and uh, she had some circumstances where she had to leave. But, but Chris, I'm I'm interested to see what happened to this guy to to make him leave after only a month of working at the Magic Kingdom. I'm interested to hear about that. And uh, before we get to Chris, why don't we talk about that? Because obviously this was not Chris's top job at, at Magic Kingdom. So I got to thinking about that when uh, I heard that we were going to be interviewing Chris, and I thought, what would my top five jobs be at the Magic Kingdom? Okay, are we going to start from the least job you'd want or your top priority? How are we going to start this one? Yeah, I think probably we'll go from least least okay, uh, okay. on the list all the way up to our most important job. Okay, so uh, go ahead and start us off, Dave. What's your number five pick? Well, I actually went outside of the parks for my number five pick because on several of the trips that I've been on, I've gotten the opportunity to sit up front on one of the boat rides that goes either in between the resort and the parks or especially the boat ride. I took a boat ride one time all the way from, I think we started at Epcot and went all the way to Port Orleans on a boat. And it was 
I mean, it took us almost an hour, but that guy had the coolest job. All he did was just drive this boat with happy people on it back and forth through their through their waterways. So I'm going with uh, number five on my list is a boat driver in between parks. All right, Dave, my fifth pick, and um, I don't know if you're going to make fun of me on this one or not, but I would actually like to be one of the seven dwarfs. <laughs> I'm at the right height, you know. You so don't I figured, even need a costume. <laughs> hey, man, that's too funny. <laughs> I'm at the right height. No, I figured, you know, what a better job than to be a seven, one of the seven dwarfs. You're in okay, costume, so- and you're almost expected to really perform and act as that character, right? So which one? Yeah, so I'm thinking Grumpy. You know, he pretty much <laughs> gets away with doing whatever he wants, and no one ever questions him. So I'm thinking, you know, put that costume on, no one can see me. I can be mischievous and just do whatever I want. That's why I would love to be a cast member, be in costume as Grumpy, one of the Seven Dwarfs. Well, I can't blame you. Snow White was my favorite growing up, so I, I got a couple of pictures as a kid and and one as an adult, kind of reenacting the kiss that she gave me when I was a kid. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic in my yeah. Family. I'd have to fight six other dwarfs. Yeah, this is true. I got number four on my list. This was this was these this top five was hard for me because I I couldn't figure out exactly where I wanted to go with it. And uh, for number four, I chose to be one of the operators at Soren because. First of all, that's one of the greatest rides. It's so unique. Uh, every once in a while, you get to go in and smell the orange grove or smell the pine smell. So you're in a good smelling place. And just, you know, I just thought that was one of the cooler cooler places that you could actually work. So I chose from number four, Soarin'. What do you think? Because you like to sniff things? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty cool, Dave. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that one. You, you had me at sniff. <laughs> No, uh, for number four, I picked security. I would, oh, you're kidding me. No, I, I would love to be part of the Disney. Don't you get enough of that as a teacher? No, I, I'd love to be part of the Disney police. I mean, they have their own police squad. That's pretty cool, right? Or am I the only one? Hey, you would see some weird stuff, I guess. No, but, you uh, really would at all hours of the day, no matter what. You know, you see the good, you see the bad, you see the crazy. You see, the ultra-crazy, you would be in the middle of everything. I just picture myself always having to cuff somebody, some disgruntled customer, because their fast pass was up and they tried to get on the ride earlier or something. I would, I would just need a segue. <laughs> that would yeah. make it, yes. Call me, call me uh, what is it, Paul Blart? <laughs> Mall cop, or, yeah, that's you. that's you. My number three, again, I went outside the parks for number three, and you, you can't beat this job. Monorail operator. Nice, but you have to be bilingual, right? I could do it. Please uh, stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Right, take sure. it until you make it, baby. Three years of Spanish. <laughs> Three years? Can you speak it? Uh, we won't talk about that. Un poco. <laughs> Nada. <laughs> so monorail operator is my number three job. Pretty cool, dude. Telling those people to keep your hands and arms inside at all times, right? Every time we go, by the second day, we have that phrase memorized in Spanish. That is awesome. Am I up next? Number three, who do you have? I would love to be the tour guide on the keys to the kingdom. Ooh, that's a good one. I, you know, put all that knowledge into use. You know, us being teachers, we love to inform, engage, and teach others. What a perfect job. Yeah, I didn't think of that one, actually. That's a really good one. I may may have to uh, edit my list here when we're finished. All right, number two for me. 
I have another super cool job. I got the chance to meet this guy when we were there at Rope Drop one morning. The mayor of Main Street. Oh, that was awesome. Me. Good for you. Pat yourself on the back. Dude, walk around with, like, <laughs> That's with awesome. a cane up and down That's Main Street awesome. shaking hands. That's beer, it. Are you beer drinking buddies now? Hey, man. He and I, we go way back. <laughs> you go we way got back. our picture and everything. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, am I up? Yep. Okay. I picked a storyboard animator. Yeah, you're an artist. I, I have no interest in that at all. I let other people make the magic, but I can see you totally doing that. Because you get to be creative and pitch all of these ideas and just to see if they if they catch or not. You know, are they going to like this idea? They don't like this idea. And you could sit back at the very end of it all, watch the cartoon, or excuse me, wa- yeah, watch the cartoon in the theater and say, that was my idea. Or that yeah, was that my was- story. I think that would be really cool. And then you also get to be involved with something that I have a pretty big interest in, and that is seeing the things that never really developed, seeing these ideas come out and and just kind of thinking, what if? All the concepts, you know? Yeah, everything from the cutting floor. I'd be folding all that stuff up and putting it in my pocket. So we need a drum roll on this one. Number one picks. You want to say it at the same time? Do we both say the same thing? No. Come on. No. Go ahead. You already know what mine is. I know. You already know what mine is. Steal my thunder. It's not the same. I bet you it is. Walking backwards at the Haunted Mansion to load and unload the ride? No, I didn't pick that one. Number one. That's awesome, buddy. So what about that just really fascinates you? Well, one, you get your exercise all day. You're walking backwards. Two, you get to kind of be in character and mess with people because they're always in that grim tone but kind of funny at the same time. So I get to kind of... Uh, be funny and still like I can walk away from people if I don't like to talk if I don't want to talk to them I can just go to somebody else and, and you uh, get a vitamin D deficiency yeah for for those eight hours I would yes um, <laughs> but I would yeah I would have to try and I'd have to wear a lot of sunscreen in that Florida sun to keep my paleness <laughs> you know I'm really shocked you didn't pick this one and, and I know your daughter would for number one I went ahead with the ima- uh, Imagineer you know yep. I mean to be able to design and develop different areas of the parks and be involved in the construction of different areas of the park just that really fascinates me to be to be the brains behind that that's just cool what a creative position yeah that's pretty neat uh i would be worried about my creativity in that yeah that would be a super job and i just uh you know there's so many jobs to pick that what what do you pick and what do you what do you leave off and i at first i had a list and was all just operating attractions and then I said to myself, eh, I don't want to do just the operating attraction. They have so much there. Um, and our guests, you know, we're coming up on our guests now, and he, he didn't have any of these dream jobs. He had something uh, just on the side. We'll tell his story coming up next. You're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. Welcome back, friends. We are here with Chris, a former cast member that worked at the Magic Kingdom for only 30 days, Dave. How does that even happen? I don't know. He worked at the happiest place on earth, and he turned his back. Job like that, you never let it go. I know. So let's hear from the man. Give him a round of applause. Hey, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm not crazy. (laughs) I think you're crazy, Chris. All right. So, Chris, you know, you worked at the Magic Kingdom for about uh, 30 days. Go ahead and tell us your story as to how did you make your way down to the Magic Kingdom? What what started this for you? Uh, moved down to uh, Florida. I was uh, in the uh, mortgage broker business. Uh, this is getting into 02, 03, back when the refi boom was kicking. 
And uh, that involved uh, making one of the craziest decisions I ever made. Uh, and that was to uh, move to Florida. Figured the best way to handle that is to move a thousand miles away and live right near Mickey Mouse. So, there it is. Uh, I ended up uh, taking the Florida uh, board for uh, the broker license. And uh, business was very, very slow down there because I had no contacts. I had no real estate agents. I didn't have any uh, past refi clients that I had uh, in the St. Louis area. I have no friends. I, friends friends follow me wherever I go. So anyway. <laughs> so I, when I, you went down there, were you looking to disguise yourself in one of the costume characters? Is that what your original plan was? No, the plan was to never work there at all. In fact, uh, it was so surreal to, uh, to, to move down there and um, to literally live five minutes from the main entrance uh, off of I-4 um, into the, to the main heart of the, uh, of the parks was very surreal um, to see Disney signs literally off West Earl Bronson um, Highway is the main highway that kind of runs uh, uh, at the base of all the uh, park property. It literally goes from, uh, you know, east to west. And um, Interstate 4 goes north and south. So you kind of hit uh, Interstate 4 and you, you hit this main artery that gets you into uh, um traveling uh onto disney property and uh and ultimately to uh, the different parks so um it was very surreal to be able to uh you know when we moved down there the daycare that we ended up using was on disney property behind magic kingdom there's actually a kinder care behind space mountain so imagine going from st louis mo home of uh, <laughs> budweiser uh, and uh, and and now driving through the parking gate with my little sticker waving at the uh, at the staff as we go through where you literally park in Magic Kingdom. There was a service road that I would take that would get me behind Space Mountain, where I would drop my daughter off at uh, Kindercare every morning on my way to work uh, downtown in Orlando. So it was a very <laughs> surreal deal. That's got to be about every kid's dream to get dropped off inside of Magic Kingdom property. I mean, I imagine the workers there probably didn't have to do too much. (laughs) Everything was entertaining in its own being right there. Well, and in all reality, too, it it really was cool because as a kid growing up, you know, I was, uh, you know, born in uh, San Diego. So everybody's been up to Anaheim and seen the original. And uh, I got to admit of the two, I like the original. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed uh, the park in Anaheim. Disneyland itself um, has been a uh, a memory for me as a kid growing up. But you know, it w- it was cool to you know, hey, you know, who drives to Disneyland on their way to work? You know, every morning it was just a, a like I said, it was a very surreal um, experience that didn't uh, ever seem to you know hit home that we were living there. It almost felt like an, an eternal vacation, which was weird. But uh, things get real, and uh, when you've got no clientele and no loans to write, uh, financially things get very real very quick. And, yeah, and how many uh, people could actually say that they lived within an hour or so of both of the, of the uh, Disney parks? It's something you can claim. Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, I guess so. I've never really thought about it like that. But um, the uh, the Disney uh, Disney World uh, setup is obviously on a much larger scale in uh, South or Central Florida. Um, there are a lot of cool parks there. We were fortunate. Uh, that, uh, my wife at the time had uh, worked at one of the uh, hotels locally, and uh, they had actually provided, uh, the parks had provided passes for all the employees because what they want to do is they ultimately want all the employees to go and experience all the different parks that are out there so that they can help 
um, you know, provide that extra, I guess, magic, if you will, for guests the minute they show up at the hotels. Before they even hit the park, they want uh, the employees of the surrounding hotels to be able to provide as much information about uh, their own experiences with the guests that come in. So I think Disney is trying to um, ultimately start the experience before they even get to the park, get on a tram, you know, uh, which I thought was cool. But we did get a chance to experience all those parks for free, I will say, including the water parks. They do have two water parks down there that are that were, you know, pretty cool experience, but, um, you know, the, the getting to the, uh, getting to the financial part of things, things, uh, you know, I was, uh, I had done very well for myself in St. Louis and, uh, was unfortunately living on savings and savings only goes so long. And, um, you know, when you're paying for a mortgage and cars and, and all that stuff, you, uh, you know, you, you don't plan on retiring at 28. So um, by that uh, Christmas, uh, I was uh, getting concerned at that point and uh, wanted to uh, start a job hunt. I needed to get uh, something, whether it was waiting tables or uh, something to start, uh, you know, bringing uh, some additional income in to offset uh, what was going on while I was trying to build a mortgage business. But the uh, the only thing that I could get a response back on, which was absolutely amazing, was uh, Disney. Disney called, and uh, I, I can't remember what uh, what building I went to, but I ended up uh, filling out the application. Um, you know, I was ended up uh, I was called back for a second interview. I will say they are extremely professional the way they do things. They uh, they don't fool around. But um, I was kind of jaded going into that position. You know, I uh, uh, obviously it was not what I wanted to be doing. You know, right. as a 28 year old father and husband. Um, you know, the position that I was being offered was not a managerial or a corporate or say an executive type of a position. I was working frontline, more of a, uh, younger person, uh, you know, uh, teenager, kind of, a the equivalent of working at McDonald's, if you will. Okay. Right. So I was going to ask when you went into those interviews, did they tell you up front, this is what you're interviewing for? Or did they say, we have several possibilities and we'll see which one fits you best? Well, no, they, they told me that uh, it was it was definitely going to be uh, in Magic Kingdom. There were several restaurants that they were trying to staff. And I really didn't have much, you know, much uh, choice at that point. I had, uh, I had to do something. And, right. um, you know, so, you know, part of you is thinking, well, you know, what the heck? You can always say you worked at Disney World, but, uh, um, you know, it wasn't feeling like uh, I just won the Super Bowl. I'll promise you that. So, um, it so, was, so walk us into your experience, like after you were hired and went into the process of, of finding out what you were going to do, how did that whole process take place? Right. It was very... Um, the uh, as most of most everybody that's listening knows, there's uh, you know the behind the scenes. They consider um, Disney all the cat. There, everybody's a cast member. You're not an employee. You're you know you're part of the magic. So when you're in the park, when you are um, when you are uh, in the park, when you're on stage. I mean, there's you're either on stage or you're not. So at any time, as an employee of the park, you are. The, the lights are on and, and uh, you know, the camera's rolling. So um, your job, uh, you know, was to uh, to make, it, you know, every experience for every guest of the park as magical as possible, whether it's, uh, you know, replacing an ice cream cone that a kid dropped or, uh, you know, whatever uh, whatever may come, whatever may come that, you know, somebody's down and you got to turn the frown upside down. So. Right. <laughs> um, that, was, that was our job. But the, the training... It was for I believe it was called Main Street's Main Street Foods West. 
It was a little ice cream parlor. And um, the uh, training all takes place down below. There's a giant core set of corridors. It's called the hub. It's a, a giant, uh, looks like a giant wagon wheel with, uh, you know, main uh, uh, giant, you know, hallways, big corridors that all come to the center hub and they all branch out to different areas of the park and everything's mapped out and they've got all the, uh, that's, it's kind of like a giant break room for the entire uh park staff. So when you're down in the hub, you'll see uh, character actors that are, you know, in partial dress or uh, in full dress ready to go out to make an appearance or, uh, you know, maybe, you know, something as simple as, as watching uh, Cinderella smoke a cigarette before she hits, uh, before she hits stage. Um, Did you ever get lost down there? Uh, I didn't really have the opportunity to because uh, during the training you are, it, it almost seemed like you're relatively guarded, like you are uh, not to be trusted on your own until uh, uh, until you seem to have a handle on things. The training went for, I guess, about a week and there uh, were different, uh, there was a lot of, uh, there was some uh, classroom time, there was a lot of uh, policy and uh, um, I don't, I don't I guess I I, I, tell, I I tell Nick that it's uh, brainwashing. They they start uh, the IV cool the Kool Aid IV uh, <laughs> as quickly as possible so that you're nice and numb by the time you uh, get up there. So and, I had the I had the chance to go down there myself not too long ago and uh, so saw some pretty crazy things for myself and I was only there one day. So talk to us about like you you mentioned Cinderella smoking a cigarette. Like one of the coolest things I got to do was to actually eat lunch in the uh, in the cast members' cafeteria, totally looked out of place. But you know, I look to my left, and there's the guys from Photo Pass, and I look to my right, and the, there's everyone in the in the uh, Haunted Mansion getup or the right. Tomorrowland getup. Uh, what kind of? I, I, I walk by this one room, and I notice that there's just shelves and shelves of character heads yeah, sitting on I the mean, shelves. So you know, I uh, you know, I was really just trying to uh, majority of the time. I I found a spot, and that's where I went to and from. It was literally for me. Uh, being kind of in a jaded position, I just wanted to get through each uh, each shift or session, if you will. Um, you know, always hoping that it'll get better, or maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll enjoy it today, Chris. And uh, right, uh, you know, it just never worked out that way. I was uh, a relatively defeated guy at that point. You know, I'm I'm trying to build uh, a you know a business all over again with the stress of. Uh, you know, living on savings and, and having a one-year-old at home. And, you know, my ex-wife, you know, was maybe making uh, seven, eight bucks an hour, which just doesn't cut it, ladies. It doesn't doesn't cut it. That's just so you guys know. <laughs> so, you know, good luck if McDonald's does your $15 an hour. But until then, you know, seven bucks, eight bucks an hour is not helping out. So, um, you know, I... I I, I think uh, I think they'd offer me uh, ten or eleven an hour, and uh, you know it was it's it was not anywhere near what I was used to. So um, you know it was just kind of like okay, I'll just I'll I'll play this out. But uh, ultimately, uh, by by about the uh, I think I'd been up there about three weeks, and I had just finally had enough. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I right. doing? You know, there the, the uh, what's up? So. Let me ask you this: Did did you not truly just conform to the Disney way, or did you kind of clash with your with your boss, or while you're in training, did, did were you not meeting status quo as far as thinking the Disney way? No, the uh, Disney way can be faked very easily in three simple steps. I'm going to have a uh, separate seminar on that for anyone interested in uh, learning how to uh, 
to uh, to to get through the uh, the training session and have everyone fooled all at the same time. But you know there were you know you and I talked about that before. One of the uh, the things that they do is uh, pointing. Whenever someone asks for directions, you know they use two fingers. Uh, they the uh, thinking behind that is is that uh, using one finger tends to be more forceful. It can be uh, construed the wrong way, and so you know it's all about. Um, you know, coming up across as friendly and and uh, appropriately as possible when you're when you're gesturing to uh, to uh, guests in the park. Now, Chris, you know, uh, I heard a, a story about Walt Disney as far as you know, he was always captured uh, using two fingers when he was directing people throughout the park himself. He actually had a cigarette in between his fingers, and they were even photoshopped back then because um, we all know, you know, Walt Disney himself was a heavy smoker. Uh, did they discuss that at all as to, you know, hey, this is why we want you to point two fingers because Walt Disney did. Did anyone bring up, oh, yeah, but he was a smoker. That's why he used two fingers. Or was it just because it was a sign of disrespect if you used one? Um, I think it was more of a sign of disrespect if you used one. They want to they want to portray a particular um, – they want, they want to portray the staff and the employees as um, almost like a, a waiter in a restaurant – the really good ones you don't ever notice are there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if you don't have to ask to refill your drink, or if you don't have to ask, uh, uh, you know, for anything in particular, you—they—they they really um, want you to be focused on the guests, uh, be able to almost anticipate uh, a need that's going to arise, or see that someone's about to have an issue, and you can step in and save the day. So. Um, there is a, a particular um, uh, personification that they want to to offer their guests, and and it extends all the way down from the characters to, um, you know, the guys sweeping up, uh, you know, trash on the street. So, Chris, can you, you know, take our listeners through the process of what actually led up to you leaving Walt Disney World? Was it a series of events that kind of built up and got to a point where, you know, you held it all in and then finally it just boiled over and you couldn't take anymore and you just decided to quit? Or or how did that work out? Well, in retrospect, I, I, I wish I could take it back and have handled it uh, a little bit differently. But um, as a uh, young man trying to make his way in the world and feeling defeated uh, on a regular basis and ultimately working in an ice cream shop at 28 years old with a with a wife and daughter at home and no real way to uh, continue supporting the family, which, you know, most men feel is their job. Um, I happen to have a, uh, a uh, particular manager um, who uh, was very good at micromanaging, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, very... Uh, had it had it uh, the way she wanted it. It was uh, it was like a little Burger King ice cream shop. Uh, she was going to have it her way, and uh, she made it uh, very clear. So um, there was n- not much more I could take. I-, I realized that this was going nowhere fast for me. I certainly wasn't on the fast track to twelve bucks an hour. So I uh, I decided to uh, uh, take matters into my own hands and make a, a final decision. And uh, I topped it with a cherry, if you will. I um, I threw down my, uh, you know, she had she had made some comment to me, I, and again I don't even recall what the uh, what the uh, argument was over, but um, I was at the end of the counter, and um, she made some kind of a look after she had stated something to me, and at that point I I, I disrobed the, uh, I took my, uh, we had a uh, what do you call it, an apron, it was like a, a cloth apron. 
took the apron off, tossed it, and uh, you know I had my um, had my six shooters out. I had my two fingers pointed, and I I uh, as she turned to me, I said, I tell you what, you you can take these two fingers, subtract one, and there you go. You know, so I basically I basically flicked flicked her off with uh, with both fingers, and uh, <laughs> appropriately uh, took the name tag off and and threw it on the counter, and uh, I think it got her a little more upset because there were couple of uh, customers that were right there that that absolutely chuckled at it they and they seemed to get it right away um so you know with that i um headed on out i headed in fact i uh i didn't head back through the uh through the the main entrance uh towards the end of the back of the building there's a um a door um set of stairs and and you start making your way down to the hub i ended up uh I ended up walking to the front of the park. I walked right down Main Street, and uh, I headed out uh, headed out the uh, the exit there in the front, and was promptly met with uh, um, some uh, uh, assistance with uh, security personnel <laughs> in the uh, parking lot, and uh, was uh, politely escorted uh, over to the employee parking area where uh, my magic ended, and uh, so did my employment with Disney. So what you're telling us, you know, Dave and I have this dream of one day working in the park. Um, something tells me, Dave, we're not going to be able to use Chris as a reference. You know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking uh, that was my next question was, is he allowed back in the park? Right. Now, I kind of want to know how the, you know, Disney Secret Service kind of handled them. I mean, were they like, come here, pal? You know, let's, let's talk about this. Ha, ha. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not a. I'm not a domestic uh, Disney terrorist or anything like that. So. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't think I ended things that badly. But I, you know, again, I was. I was a young man. I was upset, and I, you know, I. I certainly could have handled my exit much better than that. But somewhere, and they're such a. They're such a big company. I'm sure that they're. That you're not the first person that actually did something I, like I'm that. Sure, I'm sure. There's I'm been sure much worse. not. I mean, it was. Uh, it was at a time where they were hiring seasonal. I. I probably wouldn't have even been there by. Uh, you know, by March anyway. So, um, you know, it was just a, a weird moment in my uh, weird past. And, uh, you know, it uh, drove me to, to uh, dealing guns now. So now I'm uh, <laughs> now I'm a full-time gun dealer. Whoa. And, uh, you know, Disney can uh, can come down and, and check out the shop. Now, when you, when, you, when you say full-time gun dealer, what are you talking about? Are we trading to, like, China and Yemen? Or what do you mean? No, 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 no. This is all all domestic. I uh, I have a uh, online gun shop. I get my uh, my uh, firearms license uh, with the ATF, and uh, we do class three NFA stuff. You know, if you ever want to shoot full auto, come see me. What, what's your business called, Chris? I gotta ask. Uh, it's a website called RightWingTactical.com. <laughs> RiflesForMickey.com. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Walt uh, Walt, if he was still here, would uh, would love the store. I had to uh, I had to focus my magic uh, somewhere else. <laughs> That's a great story, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, Dave, I'm I'm perplexed because, you know, we had a guy who had it all and he decided to leave. And, and the way that he left, I got to say it was quite comical. Yeah, I got to tell you, if I uh, if I do hit my retirement job and I'm down there serving ice cream, I probably would be in the same boat as Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for something a little more myself. Thanks for sharing, Chris. I You know, I think, uh, you know, if Olaf was here, he, he'd give you a warm hug. Hi, everyone. I'm Olaf, and I like warm hugs. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nick and Dave. Oh, <laughs> thanks for having me on today. Now, they had to teach you that. They had to teach you that. Uh, he, he did a pretty good job there, Dave. Maybe, maybe he should reapply and be Mickey. I think we need a new intro. <laughs>
My undies are just a little too tight. <laughs> well, thanks again, Crazy Chris, for coming in and talking with us. You have a great story. Dave, you know, I really enjoyed just sitting down and chatting with Chris tonight. He had a pretty interesting story. Yeah, Nick, it was pretty interesting to hear somebody that uh, didn't feel that magic when they started to work and just realized that, that not everybody does. Yeah, it was awesome. We hope you enjoyed this throwback episode. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish all the latest rumors and news. If you're interested in be- being a guest on our show or you just have a question or a comment, simply text us at 407-674-0414 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to book a trip or just get a free quote from us, text us at 407-674-0414 or contact us at travel at mousecapadespodcast.net. Check us out on our social media accounts. Instagram is mousecapades underscore Nick or on our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or on our Twitter account at Mousecapades Pod. Remember to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for all things Disney. And as always, Nick and I would like to thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. I think it's about that time, Victor. Peace. And love. Have, Have a, magical a magical day, day my friends. friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.